Welcome to another live edition of the ONG Strike Zone. Brian Fulford, Kelvin Rozier, uh, soon to be joined by Kofi Hemingway. And yes, we uh, number one fan is over there. We 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 are still fans. We are still alive. It's gonna be fam you all day, air day. Uh, don't let it don't don't let it get uh, don't let it get twisted. We 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 took our. We took our whoopings and uh, we took a licking, but uh, there's, a, there's a big season still ahead of us for the Mighty Rattlers and uh, a lot to be learned from. So we'll get into talking about that, but we also have to start looking ahead because, you know, in this in this game, we can't afford to, to dwell on things of the past. So, uh, Kelvin, how you doing this evening? Man, I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm recovered, rested, and... Um... Ready for this first home game now. Exactly. There's a lot of excitement. Key, key point there. First home game of the year. Okay. With that, there should be a lot of excitement. A lot of excitement with the first home game. So I want to remind okay. everybody. All right. Uh, it's, it's, if you go on Facebook, us, it's O. Well, of course, the letter O. Make sure. And I'm not really sure the what we got in the background, though. We got the yeah, okay. background noise. Yeah, yeah okay. there, there we go. Noise. Yeah, we got, we got Kofi in the but house. Let me look at it on the thing I got all Facebook. kinds of stuff going on, Kelvin. I, I don't know where we're at here. But anyway, uh, I'm going to try to power yes, through. Yes, it's the symbol. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to power through. Okay. Whatever you see, it's all in G-Strike. I don't know if that's – I hope that's not going out over uh-huh. here. I don't know if that's going it, out there. It is. I can hear it. And it is. we'll be coming yeah. up there. Let's, let's try to – there we go. Right, I think I think we it. got it. I think we got it resolved. It's all good. Okay. So, as I was saying, uh, <laughs> welcome to another edition, live edition, ONG. Live. Uh, we got to love live, folks. That's live. Uh, hey, want to remind you, if you're watching us on uh, Facebook or YouTube, Make sure you are following us at ONG Strike Zone. Also on Instagram is where you can find us. Uh, make sure to hit that thumbs up button. All the folks who are already in the chat room, appreciate you guys for jumping in early. Make sure to go ahead and hit that thumbs up button, please. Get it in early so you don't have to do it again. Um, and uh, if you're watching us on Twitter, go be a part of the discussion. Find us on Facebook. Uh, at ONG Strike Zone or on YouTube on the Jericho Broadcast Network's YouTube page, yes. my JBN uh, one. Okay, so uh, Kofi, how you doing, man? Glad you could get in. How you doing, my friend? Freezing up already? <laughs> no, he he's 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 there. I, I, we just got to make no, sure. No, no, he, he, he just froze. Did he really? Hey. Okay, well, hey, them J them JSU Tigers still getting us. Still getting it. Still finding ways. Still finding ways. All right. So we got a busy show today coming up. Uh, we got two guests coming up here in the first hour. Coming up a little bit later, we're going to talk to Vaughn Wilson of HBCU Game Day. Of course, Vaughn, 
uh, a, a rattler, a rattler at heart, a rattler by blood, born into the born into the life. Uh, played football for FAMU, ended up working as a uh, sports information director for uh, for FAMU uh, athletics, uh, and, and is doing some great work at HBCU game day. Uh, even doing some great look. Used to think Vaughn was just a DJ. He done he done graduated from DJ to to writer, columnist. Uh, digital production specialist. I mean, the man is multifaceted. So uh, it's 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 a pleasure to be able to talk with Vaughn, uh, doing some good stuff, and we'll get we'll talk about his recent um, uh, articles and, and interviews he had over the past ten days. Of course, Vaughn boots on the ground right there in Tallahassee, able to cover many of the events surrounding the football program, and then in the uh, later half of the first hour, Dr. Darlene Moore. Uh, is going to join us and that the name sounds familiar is because she is a goat in the uh, coaching ranks cross-country track and field uh, won 10 multiple titles at FAMU 10 time wait seven or 10 what did I write in the notes here 10 time we'll make sure I get that right 10 time me at coach of the year uh, so, and, and unfortunately she's, she's working for Albany state, but I mean, she, she's, you know, she's Albany state blood. So if she was ever going to leave FAMU, it was for Albany state. So that's where she is. So we'll get a chance to talk with her. Uh, she, she works as the assistant athletics director for uh, academics and compliance, as well as the senior women's administrator over at Albany state. So, uh, first topic right off the bat, we don't have much time before we get into talking with Vaughn. Best and worst of the FAMU JSU game, uh, Kofi. You weren't there for the reaction. We've read a lot, but uh, if you can, in as short a summary as possible, if there was a best, what was it? Uh, limit your worst to no more than two or three, if you can. <laughs> best and worst from the weekend. The best. Um, you had almost forty thousand people in attendance. Um, yep. The best, the game actually ended, so Jackson State didn't continue to score. Um, and that's about it. That's about it. Uh, no need no need to go into the worst, I guess. Everything was just the, the worst outside of that, huh? Um, Kelvin, best and worst? This is, uh, it was, I got to enjoy Miami a little bit. In terms of family football, um, we had we had some guys return. It was good for those kids, those young men, to be able to participate and uh, be a part of, uh, do what they love and what they've worked so hard for. So that that would be the best. I agree. Uh, I'll go with you. I'll go with your sentiments on the best. The attendance uh, just just short of forty. I think it was thirty nine and some change. Um, Missed the mark of the fifty. I thought we'd get, but it did. It did look good to see FAMU filling the upper deck on their side of the field. Worst had to be the way it started, and what I mean is the worst was the lack of energy from the start. And I and I think back on it, and I didn't really bring it up at the time that it happened, but because it, it just was one of those things that I watched. And you didn't really know what you were watching, but when you reflect back on it, I watched the way our team ran off the field off the, off of their warmups, 
prior to the flag and all that stuff. I watched, and and there wasn't much enthusiasm. There wasn't much band fair, fair, uh, uh, fanfare. There wasn't much fan fanfare, and the excitement on that side wasn't there. When our team came out onto the field, we didn't come out as one group. There were scatters. There were groups of people that came out. And I know it's a long walk from the locker room to that tunnel, but it didn't seem all there. And then, of course, the the pregame, the the, the presidents, uh, we that that was miserable to watch. As uh, and I think it was so eloquently put. I don't know. I think Kofi, you brought this up in your post. It was so well coordinated by Jackson State's president with the band that it that with their band that it seemed. Uh, miserable and hurtful to watch, uh, as as uh, Doctor Robinson labored through his uh, his introduction. So that was worst uh, for me. Why was the performance so bad? And this will kind of get into talking. There's a great article that Vaughn put out, but as you had a chance to reflect back on a couple days, why was it? Why was the performance so? bad Kofi well I mean there's a number of different factors I think number one um I'm gonna say and I'm gonna say obviously Jackson State was better prepared to play us than we were to play them um you know anytime a quarterback goes 17 for 17 to open the game they see a flaw in your system that is to be exploited. Um, in addition, I think that um, I think that our coaching staff is somewhat stubborn. Um, there's a refusal. Uh, it appears at this time to, or an inability. It's either a refusal or it's an inability. Either way, it's not good. Um, a refusal or an inability to adjust. Um, <laughs> you know, just because you ran the defense um, and you had success last year doing that particular defense doesn't mean that this year you're going to be able to do the same thing. And if you do the same thing, um, any smart coach would look at it and do whatever is necessary. Let me give you a case in point. Um we had a homecoming against North Carolina A&T. I think it was 96 or 97. 96. We scored 58 points on North Carolina A&T. And this was a Billy, uh, what's that man's name? He's in Billy, a, Billy Joe special. Yeah. It was a Billy Hayes team. He felt Billy he Hayes, was so okay. pissed. He felt like Billy Joe was running up the score on him. All right. Now, our offense, the Gulf Coast offense, was quite successful. Um, no, it was 98. That's what it was. It was 98. 98, he felt like the, the, the Gulf Coast was so successful. I mean, we busted 58 on them in our place. It was homecoming. It was a route. The next year, Bill Hayes and them shut our offense down. <laughs> when I say they shut it down, they shut it down what happened bill hayes got in there he watched the videotape and he was like i refuse to allow fam you to score 58 points he even held he even held uh 
the plays that they were going to do, he didn't even show those on videotape because he had a special game plan for FAMU. All right? Same thing. The year before when uh, this was Will Jeffries at South Carolina State, um, we, we scored 76 points on South Carolina State in Jacksonville. 76. The next year, this was Bill Hayes last year, that score was cut uh, by almost 40 points. I think we scored like 20-some-odd points. And the next year, Buddy Pugh took over. And Buddy Pugh did not show anything in the first two games that showed that, um, you know, they weren't doing the same thing that they had always done. But, boy, when we got to game three and we had a good QB and everything, they shut down our, our, our ability to throw the ball, and they threw the ball deep. They had not done that the entire time. They had saved it specifically for FAMU. So I think that, you know, when you don't do that, there is, there's a sign that you are stubborn and prideful because you believe that your, your scheme is your scheme and it doesn't need any adjustments. Well, Bill Belichick changes his game plan based off of the team that he plays every single game, and they know how to take uh, something that the team does away. So we didn't show that, bro, and I think that Jackson State gets the credit for that. I think that um, we ran the same plays. We didn't do any two-back sets. There were no three-back sets, even though we have the ability to do that. I didn't see it one time. Our plays were predictable. They knew what we were going to do on both the offensive side and the defensive side. And by the end of the game, Jackson State was just flat out giving more effort, and we were not. So when you do that and you turn the ball over, there's a good chance you're going to get blown out, and that's what happened. Kelvin, before I bring it to you and ask that question, let's go ahead and bring in our first guest of the evening, uh, Mr. Vaughn Wilson of HBCU Game Day. And we'll, we can start with that question right off the bat. Uh, for Vaughn as we bring him in. Uh, and there he is, uh, the, the Rattler himself, Vaughn Wilson. Uh, known to some of us young folks as DJ Ace. Uh, yeah. Some of y'all old folks oh. as well. <laughs> make sure we got your audio here. His sound, got to uh, turn the sound up. Yeah, make sure you're not on mute there, Vaughn. Make sure we're not on mute. Did the sniper get him? Yeah. It looked like the sniper was about to get him. No, no, no. He's there. We just got to make sniper sure his audio is there. Can't hear you. You got his mic hey, on. Hey, no, he's here. Hey. Let's see. We'll get it here in a second. Mel, any, 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 anything there with his audio? How's his audio sounding on your end? Give us a mic check if you would there, Vaughn. We're still not, we're still not hearing you. I know you can log probably out, hear us. All right. So we'll 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 come out to Vaughn here in just a second. Um we'll figure out his Kelvin, while we're waiting on Vaughn, I'll ask you the question. Why was the performance so bad? Um ultimately we got outplayed. Our coach outplayed. That's the general uh comment. Um I do think from an analyst standpoint, there's some things you can point to. Uh, Copa mentioned one, four turnovers, uh, a block, what was it, a block uh, punt, 
Yep. And um, pick six, scoop and score. So you know, you know, about twenty eight points wasn't even di- directly because of the defense. Uh, so that's that's part of the blowout. Um, them having those analysts, those professional analysts, you know, having a Mike Zimmer and and uh. Uh, the Brewster guy and so forth. Those are they got lifetime, animals. lifetime, top-notch coaches, man. I mean, they 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 supposed to have an impact, and they did. They you know they they knew what we were gonna do. Um, I didn't see a disparity talent-wise. Uh, I thought Shadur has grown. I have to give him his flowers. Uh, yep. his pre-snap reads and his command of that offense and being able, even when we did get pressure, being able to uh, get out of some of those situations uh, was good. But I, I just thought we were very simple in our approach and we were counterproductive to what we needed to be. We needed to run the ball. We need to be committed to running the ball. You look at the last three games, Southeast Louisiana, UNC and um, Jackson State. I mean, we had 29 yards uh, Saturday after the first quarter and only like 59 for the, at halftime, total yards. Right. That's not going to cut against anybody, but definitely not a team caliber of Jackson State. Um, I'm sure, and I heard, I heard Coach say it, um, with all the drama and shuffling and so forth, the team went down on a Wednesday. Uh, the guys who got clear went down on Friday. Uh, so, you know, there was no continuity that week. And, you know, team sports specifically, you know, you, you tend to be creatures of habit. You like to do the same things and have the, have a rhythm and so forth. We didn't have any of that. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, Jackson State outplayed us, man, soundly. And as the league grew and they separated, they got more cocky and swag, and we got more Larry Robinson. <laughs> oh, wow. That's it. Uh, let me, let, let me, let me jump in here. Yeah, well, hold on. Let's see if we've got uh, – let's see if we've got Vaughn. I know he's scheduled. I know we think we got him. Um, if we got him, producer Mel, let's see if we can, can get him. Well, and when he comes in, we'll just put him in. We'll just plug him in. Go ahead, Kofi, what's your point? Okay. So, um, you know, until, until Coach Simmons actually wins a championship, uh, you know, he's kind of like in that purgatory of what we call good coaches or great, uh, or good coaches looking to become great. Um, and this is a strong statement. It is what it is. But I'd like to remind you that Dabo Sweeney at one time, uh, they were number three in the country and they played Florida State, who was five. And they were playing them in Death Valley. And Florida State came up in there and they beat them. This was 2013 and 2014, one of them around there. Jameis Winston, and they beat them 51 to 14 in Death Valley. That had never happened to that extent before. Um, you know, there were a lot of Clemson fans at that time that felt like Dabo was not the guy, that he was not going to be the guy that was going to be able to transition that that team 
to a championship level. But they committed to Dabo, and uh, the Clemson fans upped their giving to the program, and they came and formulated a plan. And the next thing you know, Clemson made four title game, uh, title game appearances, and they won two of those. So the process is still the process. I remember when Reggie Collier and uh, Southern Mississippi came into Dope Campbell Stadium, and <laughs> – they totally annihilated Florida State. It was 30 to zip at halftime. The final score was 58 to 14. It was bad. You know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have known then that that was going to be the same coach that was going to turn around and win the national title in 1993. So I said that to say, sometimes you need your ass whoop to understand what you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. And sometimes that humbling experience will get you to a place where you need to be. We beat Southern 65 to 18 in our house. 65. We was 35-3 in the first quarter. Yeah, Bro, something like that, right? It, it happens. So, yeah. you know, this was our turn. This was our turn. Let's learn. Let's grow. Let's move on. Let, let's hope we got our audio. Vaughn, how, how are we doing? Fingers crossed we got you. Ah, no, we don't still no, still no audio. Not sure why we can't hear I Yvonne. I know we I know everything else what looks good. It? You got a great picture. I don't know why we why, why we're having yeah, the picture looks great. Can we go to commercial? We, uh, we yeah, we, we can try. Let's let's try to do that. Let's try to f- figure it out on the back end. Let's take a short break, come back with Vaughn, and uh we're gonna hopefully we got our audio figured out. Well, you're watching the ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back in just a moment. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Let's get back to strolling instead of scrolling. Before we can safely come together, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your fam. Let's face it, shopping for insurance can be time consuming. That's why when it comes to your auto, home, and life insurance needs, make things simple and trust the experts at Allstate. They will help you get the coverage that fits your needs while helping you bundle your life, home, and auto policies. Bundling saves you money, sure, but it also saves you time so you can enjoy the things that matter most even more. Contact me, Tammy Haynes, your local agent, for a free personalized insurance quote. Allstate, are you in good hands? 
This is Brian Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. Okay, welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. There he is, Vaughn Wilson. Vaughn, say hello to everybody. Now that they can hear you. Hey, what, what's up, ONG Strike Zone? Well, glad to Let's be go. here, man. Glad for the invitation. Let's go. Glad, glad to have you, oh. man. We ain't gonna, we ain't gonna let them jazz you tired of nobody else. Right quiet. behind that conversation, that uh, comment Kevin made not too long ago, boy, I tell you, y'all, y'all tried to throw me in right after that. I'm glad I, I might have turned my mic off. <laughs> <laughs> Well, look, we're gonna, we're gonna, you look, you know, you, you, uh, doing a great work at HBCU game day. Uh, you, you guys don't, don't cut, hold any punches. So we just gonna throw you right in the fire. And, and the question that we had, why was the performance so bad? I mean, great article that you wrote, which we'll, we'll get into, or if you want to transition into that about the four reasons why, uh, JSU dominated, but that was the question we had on the table. Why was the performance so bad? Uh, it was it was it was absolutely a perfect storm uh, uh, for FAMU. Um, I I think you know I've been on the field a lot, and being on that field, I just didn't see the hype of the players uh, of the FAMU players before the game that I normally see. So uh, that was kind of weird. So what what you normally see out of Jackson State, them bouncing off the walls. Um, I just felt that the players just had too much on their minds coach Simmons said the, he told me afterwards going into the, into the press room the players did nothing we asked them to do and when a wow. coach has that response that just that's just focus for a blowout game mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, go ahead Kelvin so Vaughn um, we can we can just throw it out what I said after that game um um, that uh, that that's one of those games you don't look at the film, you don't talk about too much, man. You just get ready for the next opponent because you absolutely learn nothing from from that kind of whooping. There's no what else, and could have be could have been a nothing else, man. It, it it was a thorough whooping, so you have to kind of turn the page and get back to work, get back in the lab, so to speak. Absolutely, I went out to practice today, and I can tell you and say this first on ONG Strike Zone, the players. Isaiah Land called a players-only meeting. They kicked all the coaches out, and it was before practice. And let me tell you, they had a different pep in their step when they went out to practice today. I, when you get the players that take the leadership of the, your team, then you have a good team. The coach can't lead all the time. The best teams are player-led teams. All we heard was a lot of yelling going on in there. And when they filed out, it was like a military unit coming out of there, and they had a great practice today. So – Rebounding, I don't think it's going to be an issue. Um, I I think the team knows they're better than that. Uh, they have been through a lot. We we can't discount that. And remember, these are eighteen to twenty two year old kids. That sometimes we forget that when they put that helmet in jersey, and they're six five 
315, but he may be an 18 year old, some 17 or 19. What, how, how well are they mentally prepared for adversity? And I think that's one of the things that goes unnoticed. Uh, in my four things that uh, reasons uh, Jackson State beat FAMU, absolutely, those analysts, because Jackson State's defensive backs seem to know every route that we were running. Uh, Deion Sanders in the post-game press conference said um, his analysts knew every blitz package we had. So it's like they had the cheat sheet for the game, which helps, because if all things are equal and they got the cheat sheet, they're going to win. And um, I just really think that kind of changed HBCU football because if you don't keep pace with that, FAMU lost two assistant coaches who are now analysts with other teams. Quinn Gray from from Alcorn is now analyst with Memphis. That's a position that we as HBCUs don't have. But if you're trying to be a top-notch team, you've got to get some. Yes, sir. Yeah. Kofi, go ahead. Um, you know, so we've we've had we we've, we've had the laws. We ain't making no excuses. What do you feel like uh, needs to happen going forward? It's all lost, fun. It's all lost. Or can we move forward? Absolutely not all lost. Um, I, you know, one thing I uh, got today was that the university got a weather warning from the state weather uh, center. The worst thing that could happen to FAMU is not to play the game Saturday. That means they're off next week. They will have to sit with that loss for three weeks without the opportunity to get back. That would be, that might allow some more devastation to creep into their minds. They they need to hit the field Saturday against Albany State, and they need to get back to playing FAMU football to reassure themselves that they can do it. And from there, I think they'll be okay for the rest of the season. Oh, wow. So the weather is looking bad this weekend. Is that what we're saying? It's looking awful. It's yes. looking, weather's yes. looking awful for this, this uh, weekend. Several um, things are being uh, 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 taken care of uh, in advance of it, uh, changes in plans. Yeah, the weather is not looking good, um, including what's, what's more. We can deal with rain, but it's supposed to be thunderstorms, and that's where the problem comes. Uh, you know, the NCAA doesn't does not allow you to play in lightning. Um, So we're going to have to keep our fingers crossed that we actually can get the game in uh, on Saturday. Yeah, uh, that's a good point because uh, that, that would be kind of uh, miserable to kind of have to sit on that Um, or, or worse. I, you know, I don't know, you know, I know some schools had to deal with that this past week. I know Alcorn had to deal with it like a three hour delay plus a, in-game delay, and I don't think they got out of there until 2 in the morning, um, which, yeah. you know, I don't know how y'all feel. I don't know who's sticking around. I mean, I mean, obviously, <laughs> we, some, some of y'all have to report. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if, if, you watch, if you watch the film of that game, by the time it ended, it was just the teams out there. I mean, exactly. Mississippi, who going who gonna to stay? Who going to stay in that part of Mississippi that late? <laughs> if you don't live there. Nobody, family, and people who live on campus. That's about it. People who live on campus. Um, Vaughn, one of the things that, uh, you know, over the past 10 days, I got to admit, your article that you wrote, your special to the Democrat, uh, I mean, applaud. It moved me. I mean, I'm not going to lie. 
Because I, I guess, like I said, that article, it, 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 you been, look, as much as we love this orange and green, man, you've been in it deeper than all three of us combined. Cause you <laughs> put on the uniform, you've been there in the offices, you know, every, you know, the politics, you know, all of it. And I felt, tell me what, what got, why did you write it at that point? Why did you feel the need like now is the time to express this? Because I know you probably had a lot of back and forth. Should I do this? Should I write it? Should I post it? Should I publish it? Walk us, tell us, tell us the mindset that, that went into you putting that out there. And, and if anybody did not read it, uh, it, it's out. You can go to Tallahassee Democrat from last week and reads column, but uh, it, it was tough, man. And it was real and it was honest. I can tell you two words, the reason I wrote it, Roosevelt Wilson. My dad was never, ever scared to challenge whoever, whomever. He challenged FAMU um, as a writer, as a journalist, and he was an award-winning journalist. Uh, He won two of the Black Pulitzer Prizes in one year. But one thing he always told me, if you're always agreeing with people, maybe you're not researching enough. Maybe maybe you don't have the guts enough. You know, his, his thing always was do the research so nobody can dispute your point of view if you're going to come out with something of that nature. I had been researching it for a while, and I just think I spoke for a lot of Rattlers who were just tired. We're tired of this happening every two years, and we got to hide our head in the sand like an ostrich. Fix it. Quit patching it up. And and the patch wears off and we spring a leak again every two years. Fix it. Fix it. Amen. Get hire the people from the do what do what you ended up doing. On the university side, hire the academic people that you need. I, I hear we have one of the new uh compliance officers has already accepted the position and they're 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 moving fast. Why does it take a disaster? before we fix this. We knew the last time when it got patched that that tire was going to bust again. You have to maintain a full compliance and academic staff at HBCUs. You absolutely do. If they were at larger institutions, they spare no expense to make sure their athletes have the academic support that they need. Most great athletes, and we'll just say it, most of your greater athletes are going to need assistance academically. They, they've spent more time out practicing shooting hoops, throwing balls, catching balls, tackling. So they may need a little more assistance on the academic side for the most part. Yes, you have some great academic people who have been great players. But for the most part, your higher echelon of players need assistance because they're very focused on their tasks, their craft, their sport. So we can't, at an HBCU, turn our backs on these kids that need help. If, if, if we say we are, you know, the flagship HBCU, show it. Show those student athletes. Don't just root for them on Saturday. Help them on Monday through Friday. Well said. Vaughn, you hit well the – Yeah, I mean, you hit oh, the, go ahead, you hit go the ahead. nail on the head. You hit the nail on the head. And just really, one of the things that um, – that 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 bothers me the most about um the leadership team is that 
everybody, um, it doesn't appear, you know, our motto is excellence with caring. But the reality is you'll never get excellence if you don't care. Um, it takes a heart to be, to, to basically serve and to whom much is given, much is required. So why not take the time to say, hey, how can we help you to get to the next level? Why isn't that an ongoing conversation? What's missing this week? How can we serve you? How can we help you? How can we pour into you? What do we need to do on our end to make sure? And the mere fact that, again, we had uh, situation after situation. You had Courtney to go. Then you had uh, the APR. You had several staff members to leave. Then you had the APR thing to come out, which we knew was coming. We knew it was coming. If I know it was coming, Lord knows. I know the university knows <laughs> that it's coming. Okay. Well, they did nothing. Then, then you have, you get all this uproar. Everybody's still mad at Courtney. Then you have the opportunity to address it at the National Alumni Association convention. Well, you know, we raised the money. We just want to just do this. It's the same thing. You didn't address it. It did not change. And the problem never left, you know? So from that standpoint, you, you hit the nail on the head. Enough is enough. You know, you're in position. All of us have a measure of influence, but the other people that are in power have the authority to fix it, and we need them to fix it. By the way, I didn't even know the article was up. I, I wrote it. Kofi called me. He was the first one. He called me early in the morning. It was like, bruh. <laughs> I didn't even know the article was up. So so when Kofi finished his spiel, I was like, oh, so they posted the article, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah um you know just let's just be honest ONG strike zone HBCU game day and any other person that covers HBCUs we're trying to uplift a lot of us attached to schools I'm the FAMU correspondent for HBCU game day but we lift up other schools when we're you know in our spare time because there is a sense of unity within HBCUs that we could never, you know, move away from. We want to report good things, but when we have to, we must take charge and report the bad things so that things could get better. I got to say something that I didn't even mention in the, in my latest article uh, uh, about the game and analysts. Well, I mentioned it a little bit. The day before FAMU and Jackson State played, University of Miami played Bethune-Cookman. And mm -hmm. I, was, I tried to stay on the Bethune-Cookman side. They know me very well, so I'm, I'm giving great access to Bethune-Cookman. They, they know what I do, and they know where I graduated and very well, it, very well, but they know what I do now, and they, and they trust me. I'm built to trust me. So uh, Coach Sims get, you know, gave me access to the, to the sideline. But I went on the other sideline, and right behind the bench I saw – what looked like a NASA space module. It was University of Miami's communication system, the headphone system. And so I had to go look it up, Coach Com. It's the X series. It is literally a trailer on wheels, a communication system branded with the University of Miami. Guess what I saw Sunday that had Jackson State branding on it? That same oh. top of the line. I swear, I looked, I was like, Wow. Did they rewrap that overnight? But it was in the exact same place. So when we keep saying 
talking to a blue in the face that HBCUs have to step up. Jackson State stepped up, so everybody else better step up or everybody else is going to get stepped on because it's that administration, truth. the athletic administration, they are all on one accord. Yes. And what Jackson State has is their athletics program elevating the profile of Jackson State University. People know about Jackson State University now that never knew they existed. Yep. What FAMU has is a little different because FAMU has the academic accomplishments Prowls. that not many HBCUs have. So the athletics goes hand in hand with the overall brand imaging of the university. What we have to get our university administrators to understand, if they haven't understood it over this last month in, in, the, in the things that have been excluded in athletics, in that brand, it has done a lot to tarnish that brand because athletics has not been taken care of. So it tarnishes the academic side because athletics is not being taken care of. So you can't ignore it because it's a part of your overall brand. So you might as well put the resources that you need so that they can continue to help the brand as they've done over the 140 plus year history of Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University, formerly the State Normal College for Colored Folks. <laughs> well said, well said. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, Kelvin, we're coming up on the break, so I'll let you close it out here with Vaughn. Any last uh, thoughts or uh, questions for Vaughn here? Well, well, well Vaughn, you, you, some of your uh, co-workers, uh, both at FAMU, and some some of your work you did last year at uh, uh, Albany will be on uh, after you when we come out of break. But you spent time around the team last year, uh, Albany State, that is. And you know the, the talent they have and, and the kind of program they have and what they're bringing to Bragg Saturday. Just kind of talk about the talent, man, and, and, and what, what we can expect from that Albany State football team. Well, let's start at the top. I love Coach Gardenia. Everybody who knows me knows I love Coach Gardenia. We have a special relationship. He is a special man. I love the way he has led Albany State. I love his relationship with the players. He fights for those kids. I, I just He's just a guy that I'll just call him out of the blue. How you doing, Coach? You know, um, Coach Gardenia has built a solid team. He really has. Last year I was able to watch them. Um, to see the progress of the quarterback, number three, Deontay Bonu, who was the preseason offensive player of the year selected for the SWAC, to see his progression from the beginning of the season last year to the end of the season, he really locked in. And let me tell you, I, I, I don't want to say this in a negative point, but it seems like when their teammate had that unfortunate incident uh, last year, you know, Adonis Butler, it was a sad situation, very, very sad that I couldn't believe and it hurt my heart. And, and, but to see those kids respond, rally and respond, he got better. He locked in after the passing of his uh, teammate. And I mean, he just really was a different quarterback after that. Coming off the edge, number 30, we got 31. They got number 30. Um, he, the thing is, he's a, he's a Tallahassee guy. 
Um, he uh, went to uh, high school in Tallahassee, Pierre. He went to high school in Tallahassee. He comes off that edge. Uh, somebody better block him because he can wreak havoc. He was the defensive player of the year and overall player of the year for the SIAC last year. And then there's another guy that I really like on on uh, Albany State's team, number 24, Cam Ward. He's a running back. I, he reminds me of Ike Williams. You all remember Ike Williams? So, oh, yeah. So much reminds me of Ike Williams with the way he runs. Um, and, uh, and so Albany State is going to have to be taken seriously when they come in here because it, it starts at the head coach. Uh, he's a graduate of University of Alabama. He takes his job serious, and he has fashioned his system to the, where the guys have bought in, and that's what their success came from last year. So FAMU is going to have to play a very good game because they're looking at this like they're Super Bowl. They're ready to come here and shock the world. I have heard the messages. I've heard all the talk from Albany State. They're bringing tons of people down here. So FAMU better be ready to – they better be more ready to play than they were Sunday. Because they got an Albany State who doesn't care about what. Okay, and also I got to send a shout out to one of my best friends from FAMU and Albany State. The reason I went to Albany State last year is I was, I, when I left FAMU, I said I'd never be an SID again. But there was a certain young lady <laughs> who, who volunteered me that I was coming to Albany State to help them out. You know, they lost their uh, sports information director just weeks before. And uh, it was a gr- I feel that was a great decision to uh, help out at Albany State. Everybody was appreciative. They were nice. And the, I saw a lot of people working together at Albany State. And there were some things that I say, wow, I wish uh, all of our units worked a little better together, like I saw at Albany State. Um, absolutely. Um, Dr. Frederick, the, the, the um, president, very cordial to me. She would come. Uh, commend me on the work that I was doing. It was a very cordial environment at Albany State, but uh, my friend, Dr. Darlene Moore, great friend of mine, we shared offices suites when I first started working at FAMU, and uh, we all went through trauma when they moved her to another department, but she continued to win, and uh, she's doing a great job as the uh, uh, Senior Associate Athletic Director at Albany State. All right, and and that's uh, and that's definitely who we have coming up on the other side. Um, make sure to follow uh, Vaughn. Give out. Uh, I know we can find you on HBCUGameDay.com, but social media, Instagram. Let people know how they can find you. Um, on Facebook, I'm just Vaughn Wilson. On 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 Twitter, I'm DJH2000, and Instagram is DJH2000 as well. Man, I tell you, no, nobody, nobody plays the, uh, the the old school hits better than DJ Ace. Uh, I'm telling you, the, the MU alumni parties. I'm telling you, boy, y'all, y'all don't know what y'all missing. Y'all don't know what you're missing. But uh, hey, uh, I just want to say Vaughn, this. I just want to say this. I want to say this, guys. Um, I appreciate your consistency. I'll call Kelvin or uh, Kofi and say, "Man, y'all were spot on." So continue with the consistency. We need good media outlets to uplift our HBCUs, there aren't too many. No such thing as that. We all have something different to bring, um, different talents, different skills, and different perspectives. We need all of them out there. Amen. Amen. Well said. Thank you. Well said. And, 
and we we continue to to follow all the work that you guys are doing at HBCU Game Day. So, uh, Vaughn Wilson, ladies and gentlemen, I know we'll see him. You'll see him on the sideline. Uh, you'll see him. Make sure to go read the articles. And he's always forever a rattler. Uh, we're gonna come back on the other side of this break and talk to Dr. Darlene Moore on the other side. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back in just a moment. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. This is Carlos Brown, letting you know that we're on the move. You can now catch the Carlos Brown Show beginning this July on the Black College Sports Network each and every Saturday from 11 to 1 Eastern Time. That's 10 to 12 Central Time. Same time, new place. On Facebook at the Carlos Brown Show and Black College Sports Network. Online at www.mybcsn.net. And on the BCSN app, available on Google Play and the Apple App Store. All right, welcome back to the OMG Strike Zone. Brian Kelvin and Kofi, and there we have joining us as we sort of pre-introduced in the last segment, Dr. <laughs> Darlene Moore of uh, Albany State University, Assistant Athletics Director for Academics and Compliance, as well as the Senior Women's Administrator. But more importantly, the 10-time MEAC Coach of the Year while she was leading our Lady Rattlers, also 10-time 
MIAC champion, seven-time MIAC cross-country champion. All she does is win championships, and then she turns around and leads great programs in athletics. Doc, uh, I can only give you so much praise because I know Kelvin and, and Vaughn, they, they give you way more praise, but it's a pleasure to have you on tonight. How you doing? Good. All right. I'm so glad to be on the ONG Strike Zone. How's everybody doing? Doing well. I bring you greetings from the Albany State University in Albany, Georgia, home of the mighty Golden Rams. The Golden Rams football team is the 14-time SIAC champions and also a two-time HBCU Black national college champions and we're so now. excited we're getting ready for the tt this weekend the tallahassee takeover that's what albany state <laughs> golden rams are doing it's all about the tallahassee takeover and we're gonna plan on making our presence known when we, are, when we arrive in tallahassee on saturday I'm, I'm telling you what, Kelvin, we had to deal with Jackson State folk for the last year, and then, then we come off that, and then we got to deal with Albany State. Lord have mercy. It's tough. Uh, give, give, us a, give us a sense of, because we've heard, the we, I, look, at first I heard it was three, then somehow on this show it got up to five. What kind of crowd are y'all, is the whole city of Albany coming down to Tallahassee, Doc? What, what's going on up there? Oh, we've been planning on this. We've been um, waiting on this for about mm, four or five months. We've been planning this, and we're all excited. We got a, we have a host hotel that we have that we're going to be um, living it up with. And we, our students and our student athletes, they are fired up about this game. I mean, we, our students, we have double-decker buses for our students that are rolling in for the Tallahassee takeover. And our football players have been working hard. And just like Vaughn said, this is our Super Bowl. This is. So we're trying to and we're going to repeat what we did back in 1993. And let's take that victory back down Highway 19 to Albany, Georgia. Kelvin, please. That was the beginning. Kelvin, go ahead. But. He was the athletic director the last time when Fort Valley State and Albany State played the game. And so he's going to come and, oh, do y'all have some questions for me? No, go ahead. Go ahead. We, we, okay. We'll roll with it for now. Okay. Uh, Coach Campbell. <laughs> Dr. Come on, Campbell. Coach. Come on, Coach. How about it? You get in a hot coach. Uh, hello, Rattlers. How you doing, Coach? Welcome to the Strike Zone. Doing fine. And one of my purposes here tonight is to wish you all good luck on Saturday because you're going to need it. <laughs> why, why is that, Coach? Why, why are your expectations so, so, so high on, on these uh, rounds? What we need to fear. Well, I know a winner when I see one. And uh, the last time we played FAMU in Tallahassee, FAMU did not score a first down the entire second half. And it was raining. How long ago was that? When was I that, remember. Coach? 
I got a good support staff. 
And I'm so bad that my alma mater happens to be a little school in Atlanta by the name of Morehouse. So what I do when I go to a football game at Morehouse, I have on a Morehouse cap and I have on a blue and uh, shirt so everybody can understand that I'm committed. All right. All right. Awesome. So, Coach, ahead, Dr. Coach. Campbell, what does the Rattlers have to look forward to on Saturday? A whipping. It is what it is. And the last time we uh, played FAMU in Tallahassee, it was raining. And uh, we have rain forecast on uh, Saturday. So I don't want you all to get really, really uncomfortable where you can't sleep. But I uh, might as well have a, uh, an awakening evening because uh, we're going to bring it on. We're going to bring it on. And uh, I'm okay. looking forward to the game. I'm not going to be there. I have a very bad back. And, uh, but, you know, we're going to do what we have to do. All right. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for, for sharing and coming on, Rattler. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's right. And, and now, guys, and now, guys, coming to the stage is number thirty-three, oh um, Antonio Leroy. He was the running back at that particular time. And look at him. Look at him. he still can bust through that line. He can still bust through that line. You know and he got a player too, ain't he? Yeah. Well, you don't have to worry about me. They retired my jersey here um, at the university. But you will have to contend with my son, the Mike linebacker, Antonio Leroy II. Uh, what okay. I have, some of my fun memories about uh, playing this game is in 93. Uh, the March 100 band told our band, don't show up. So y'all just watch it from listening to it on the radio. <laughs> and uh, our band showed up, but we took we took offense to that because we had about a 400-member band. And y'all band got out the uh, smoke detectors, I mean smoke, uh, fire extinguishers, and the band uh, made a train on the field and started playing Soul Train, and your football team ran around us and said, uh, guys, we want to welcome you guys to Division One football. I said, oh, okay. They must don't know it's about to be a showdown before sundown. This is our blue and gold Super Bowl. It's going to be a rally, and we like snakes and belts, too. <laughs> so as, as the story would unfold, uh, they couldn't stop me running, and our defense couldn't stop hitting that quarterback. And uh, it ended up being a pretty sad day in Tallahassee. Um, but this game here, I, I tell you, I, I like to uh, go back to what I heard earlier about how mm -hmm. uh, as HBCUs, we, we, we have to continue to lift each other up. Uh, I, I love what Coach Prime is doing at Jackson State. I love the, the national attention that we're getting. But it's interesting how mainstream media would like to pull on those negative things and how they tie the success of a lot of these five stars going to Jackson State and choosing our HBCU schools. But times something happens, and and it, and it was a big issue, a hiccup. Um, and I and I hate that for uh, FAMU. Uh, but they made that the story. They made that the center story. And uh, as to say the students, that's why you shouldn't choose those types of institutions. But let it be known, 
that's that's a small drop in the bucket compared to the leadership at FAMU, the alums like you guys, uh, the alums at Albany State University. Because one thing about this black, it does not crack. We only get better from it. And uh, with, with, with gentlemen like yourselves telling a different narrative, we can still reach our students that uh, this sometimes fake news tend to uh, try to uh, uh, make their impressions on because they're gullible, what have you. But I'm just excited for the game. I'm, 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 I'm loving the fact that uh, you guys are uh, really uh, – Lifting up, you meant to hurt gentlemen. Band talk about Bethune Cookman. So it's it's all we we're all in this together. So win, lose, or draw, uh, there are no winners. And 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 when we play against each other, only only champions. And we're learning. We're not losing. We're just learning. So uh, however the outcome of the game is going to go, which we kind of already know because we we got about eighteen or nineteen coming back on that defense, and uh, we got a lot of guys benching over four hundred pounds who can move pretty fast. So I'm excited. And we're going to play ball between the raindrops and uh, y'all try not to uh, lose your rappers now. You hear? This is our starting lineup. So you're going to have more of this when we come down there on Saturday. And like I say, like Antonio Leroy said, it's going to be a family atmosphere. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I do love my orange and green, so I'm looking forward to coming back and seeing everybody. I mean, we, we're we just excited, and we thank uh, the administration for allowing Albany State, allowing us to play you all this year in football. Hey, hey Coach, can I come to the tailgate in my orange and green? Well, actually, um, <laughs> actually, uh, Rose, I'm coming to your tailgate in, in the blue and gold, spot number 33. Okay. Hey, what's y'all spot? Oh, oh, I think I'm, I'm, I'm coming to it. Yes. All right. Hey, one, hey, of my teammates, one of my teammates here at Albany State, he ended up coming to FAMU. He used to train with me, Otiman Sampson. I know oh, you guys yes, may remember. Oh, yes. Legend. Oh, legend. Legend. Otiman was my roommate here at Albany State. So I turned down Florida okay. State to come play at Albany State. My brother went to okay. University of Georgia and he ended up uh, playing years with the uh, Jaguars and my cousin Dion Branch with the Patriots. And so you got we, we got football blood here uh, in Albany, oh, Georgia. Yeah. So uh, oh, yeah. Otiman and I, we were good teammates. We, we talk all the time. And uh, so he'll probably have on some orange and, 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 and green and orange and some blue and gold. So Y'all don't hold it against him because he's just part of the rambling. Okay. All It'll right. Be, all right. It, you know, it's okay if it's underneath whatever's orange and green. We won't see it. It's all good. He can, he can wear blue and gold close to his steal? heart, but what we see. Hey, how y'all going to steal our, our, our saying, rambling? You know we had family first. <laughs> yeah. yeah, everybody, everybody keeps saying that we stole that, but... I, I beg to differ. I beg to differ. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you make it work. Make it work for you, and you know all the all the other stuff that came from out of Tallahassee. You know we it work for your own school. It's all good. It's all. all you want to know, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, and I have. Hey, coach, um, I have coached Coach Gia. I've coached our head coach up. So I feel that he's prepared and ready. He has the game plan. 
So, so okay. we're going to make is, it do this, what it do. This is, I'm, I'm curious, the history between FAMU and Albany State. And for folks who may not know, uh, for probably a, if I'm just looking back, almost a 20-year history, there was uh, 14 times that these schools played each other. Why do you think there was such a separation of almost 30 years now, where obviously we would have played each other in the Orange Blossom Classic had that COVID year not happened, but 30 years, and we're how far is it from Albany to Tallahassee? Like two hours, if that? Hour and a half. Hour and a half. Why, why do you think it's taken so long, 30 years? Why? Well, who knows? But that's the way it is. And sometimes uh, when you're division, different divisions, you want to take ownership of your division. And it it sometimes appears to be a a play down when you play someone that's not at the same level. But that has nothing to do with performance because we can perform at any level. Matter of fact, I wish we could have taken on North Carolina and show them a thing or two, but that opportunity was not there. But that's what happens. You get into divisional, divisional strife and people don't want to break out of their division and especially they don't want to lose because if you lose then that's really a mark against you and and, your uh, and, your yeah. and, and uh, a lot of the schools and alumni are not ready for that type of a challenge great point great point Amen. uh Kofi you want you got anything you want to add in there I was going to ask one more question before we get out but do you have anything you want to jump in and add well, yeah, I know that the MEAC has been looking around. Uh, I know Albany State has an incredible fan base. And it, it appears as though you all be able to fit right into that blueprint um, in the MEAC. And there was even some talk about the swag. Is there any look, is there any chance that Albany State is looking to go to the Division One level in athletics? I can speak on that. Uh, currently... Not at this time. We're trying to improve um, with what we're doing on the Division II level. And then maybe if we get stable with that, there may be opportunities. But right now, we are comfortable at the Division II level here in the SIAC. Now, let, let, me give you, let me give you a good analysis about what can happen. What can happen is the destiny of Savannah State. Savannah State was Division Two. Mm-hmm. They decided to go Division One, and they have not yet recovered. So uh, there are some things out there for Division One that are very good, such as enhancement of uh, monetary uh, uh, goals. Uh, but you also have to look at your travel, and travel is a big, big factor, especially when you start drawing. You know certain schools and we will draw but you know you have to look at the or when albany state sort of uh took over the other university uh recently did any of that help grow the university or how better better question how did it help grow the university and more importantly how did it help grow athletics uh, I can speak to that while they're getting their stuff together. <laughs> One of the ways it helps us was with facilities. Now, we okay. have some of the best facilities among any 
HBCUs. Now, in terms of gymnasiums, we have two. In terms of indoor swimming pools, we have two 50-meter pools. And the facilities here at both universities are excellent, second to none. So uh, that's one way to look at it. And, and, of course, our enrollment did grow. One of the things when we merged uh, the two-year institution into our historic black college, which we remain a historic black college university, contrary to what a lot of people may say mm -hmm. and, and just pass on fake news, uh, we went from almost uh, 2,700 students to almost 6,300, 6,500 students. And also, you know, when a lot of the historic black colleges and universities were founded, we were access schools for uh, colored people who weren't allowed to uh, go to these PWIs. Mm -hmm. And so the, our two-year institution, which was formerly known as Darton College, was an access mission school who helped students who, who underachieved and, and who couldn't get into a four-year school like ASU. So now that we've merged those two schools' histories and cultures, we have a, a, a associates track. Mm -hmm. We have a move on ready track. We have a four-year degree track, a master's track, a specialist track. So, and 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 all of it, uh, we we offer to the students, not only in the state of Georgia, but we offer uh, in-state uh, 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 waivers, Florida, South Carolina, Alabama. So, our border states, we're, we're able to do some unique things. We're offering tuition and education on a very uh, uh, affordable and personal level. So uh, it has it's really helped our brand uh, and, and we're just looking forward to uh, some, some more beautiful sunrises and, 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 and more supporters versus fans. And I think all schools can appreciate that. And also with the merger, we got additional sports. Mm -hmm. uh, we took on soccer, which is a women's sport that plays in the Peach Belt Conference. And we're also looking to add additional women's sports. And just like uh, Antonio Leroy said, the enrollment did go up tremendously. So we're at like about 6,500 right now. Um, probably the largest in the SIC. Well, we're the largest HBCU in the state of Georgia, I think. The second yes. or third mm -hmm. largest in the yep. So it did, it, it was a plus for us. But just like um, said earlier, we are still the Albany State University, which is an HBCU. Awesome. Well said. See, see all those well, positives. Like I, I know, I know, I know. See, see that, but see all that attractiveness. That's why when people start talking about, as we like to call it, conference churning, Albany State's name always comes up in the mix. And uh, but, but we appreciate you. You know, kind of kind of uh, of, of setting the table and letting us know how it really is and so you know i can i can next time the conversation comes up i got something i can reference back to and, and kind of be oh not so fast maybe one day but not right now is, is at the at All the right. end of the day let me leave you with two important historical notes about albany state athletics albany yes, state in 1960 was the one of four college football programs and still is never scored upon and undefeated. 1962. The entire season. Undefeated and unscored upon. And we still hold on to that. 
And the other thing in basketball, we are the home of the Jones brothers, which were out of McGee, Arkansas, which was the tallest family in the United States. And uh, they're getting a little small in terms of numbers, but uh, that's part of our history. Part of our history involves Alex Coachman Davis, the first black to win uh, an Olympic gold medal in the high jump in 1948. So she's another Albany State product. So we got them all over the place. So, you know, when you talk about Albany State Athletics, we hold our head high. Albany State University is the standard in the SIAC. Yes, they are. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Well, uh, Rattler Nation, that's what we got to deal with. Coming down to Tallahassee on Saturday is a lot of pride, um, and they're going to bring a good football team, a great fan base, a lot of history. Uh, don't let the fact that we haven't played each other for 30 years, uh, don't don't rest on it. They're coming with it this weekend, so we, we have to be able to match it. We're going to we're going to all pray that the weather allows this game to happen and that we don't have any ridiculous uh, weather delays. So it's knock on wood, yeah. prayers, rosary beads, whatever and it takes. Also, and, and we're also going to ask that uh, we redeem ourselves from 1992. <laughs> three. Ooh. In the rain. Three. 92, 93, Four, whatever it was. 14 to 6. 14 to 6. Yeah, we, we got a lot of. We, we return to labor. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, all right. Hey, uh, thank you, uh, Dr. Moore, uh, uh, Dr. Thank Campbell. Um, th- thank knowledge. you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys for, for coming on and, and talking with us. And, and, uh, we, 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 we hope that Rattler nation has a better appreciation for Albany state. And then after yeah. this game, you know, look, we all, I, we can all go support right. Albany state and the SIC, they're going to support us in the swack, and it's all good. And, you know, that that's how it's going to be. That's how it's going to be. Uh, thank you guys for your time this evening. Safe travels down to Tallahassee. Uh, uh, Dr. Campbell, HBCU Go is where you can watch that game because it is going to be broadcast on linear TV. So, uh, you know, you can get pull up a nice, comfortable seat, your, your bag of your, your popcorn, mm-hmm. or whatever you, whatever you uh, choose to drink, and uh, it's all good. Enjoy the game. All right. There you go. Look. All right. Hey, uh, let's take a break. Come back, get into some more on the ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back in just a moment. Q Time is our classic Atlanta soul food restaurant located in the historic West End. Q Time Soul Food is a family business started by Fred and Christine Crenshaw. Come on in, relax, and sink your chops into our tantalizing, mouth-watering, distinctive soul food with a twist, the Q Time Way. 1120 Ralph David Abernathy Boulevard or call your order in at 404-758-2881. Do you miss your mama's cooking? Then come on down to Q-Time, an Urban Passport member. Bounty versus the old family dish towel. Drying with a fresh sheet of Bounty leaves your hands cleaner than a used dish towel that can carry and redistribute food residue. So ditch the dish towel for better hand hygiene. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Shop Melvin Online Women's Boutique to spice up your closet with trendy, unique looks. We have fashionable and chic looks at very affordable prices. Melvin Boutique offers free shipping all year long on all orders. Shop online at www.melvetboutique.com. That's www.melvetboutique.com. 
like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Shop Melvin Online Women's Boutique. Let's get back to getting ticks instead of watching flicks. Before we can safely get out there, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your crew. ...to these colleges, and we have to fund our kids in these colleges, and we have to make sure our kids have seats in these colleges. And what about HBCUs you, you mentioned? Absolutely. You've got to fund them all, and you've got to make sure they're properly funded. You know, the real reason why I went after uh, Comcast and Charter, it didn't even have, it didn't have anything to do with my cable networks. It didn't. What happened was uh, a gentleman wanted to do the Black College Sports Network mm-hmm. in partnership with the HBCUs. Mm-hmm. And Comcast did not accept it. And that would have made a lot of money for these black colleges. Absolutely. And it would have educated the Black College Sports Network. This is what he wanted to do. That would have educated a lot of black kids. And when they didn't do that, that's when I came off the bench and said, okay, I'm going to light you up like a Christmas tree. Mm -hmm. Okay. That was the real reason why I got into it was when I saw what happened with the Black College Sports Network, which I don't own. I just knew. Why that, did you buy it? I just knew. I may. I just knew that these black. <laughs> I like that term. All right. I knew that these black colleges were going to benefit and these black kids were going to get the education mm-hmm. that they deserved and not have to pay. And now- If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is always ultra thins reinvented with the always triple protection system. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry. And locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra. Open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. I'm returning to Clinton, Paris, and Tampa's my community. I grew up here, went to school here, and my wife and I make our home here. What makes Tampa special are its people. So when I represent someone injured in my community, it's personal. Call my office and speak to a real lawyer and not some referral service. I will fight the insurance companies to get the settlement that you deserve. At the law office of Clinton, Paris, we take the pain out of being hurt. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique. Hey, uh, welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian, Kelvin, and Kofi. Um, 
you can always watch our shows. Look, we this show is on in many a places. So you make sure you're following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ONG Strike Zone. You can also watch the show on the Jericho Broadcast Networks app, MyJBN, MyBCSN. We're also on HBCU League Pass Plus, so you can watch the show there as well. And then if you just miss it entirely, you can download the podcast. Uh, the podcast will be available on the BCSN Pod Zone. Hey, uh, we got a lot of housekeeping things here as we, um, you know, want to make sure to get to a few things. Uh, so I'm going to kind of just kind of hit a few topics, different things. I want you guys to react on it uh, as quickly as you can. Um, did you guys see the ratings? The ratings for the Orange Blossom Classic uh, per Showbuzz Daily. 958,000 viewers watched the game on ESPN2. Now, in comparison to uh, the South Dakota State at Iowa matchup on Fox Sports 1, which just was at about 1,009,000 viewers. And also, uh, Illinois State at Wisconsin on Fox 1 drew 498,000 viewers. Um Encouraging news, I would say, guys, right, for uh, for viewership? I, that's no surprise, bro. It was a big game. You got Deion Sanders. You got two blue blood programs. Everybody's been talking about this game. Um, and HBCUs have an opportunity to tap into markets that everybody else basically is kind of like split. So I would say right after your big power five schools, your your upper or your blue blood HBCU programs, they're playing in a big game. People are going to tune in and watch. I'll just add also that it was on a Sunday. It was only two games on uh, that Sunday football game. NFL hadn't started yet. So I believe that helped our numbers also um, along with that. It'll be interesting to see. Obviously, this Saturday's game will be on HBCUGo.tv. Now, uh, the linear networks, I have been hunting for the list. I mean, some of the cities have already been publicized. I've been hunting for the actual list. Um, I don't. I haven't seen it. I haven't found it yet. But uh, because, and I say that because I don't know if the game will necessarily stream on their app. I think it may be streaming on the linear television channels. Uh, so it'll be interesting, but I'm sure hopefully in the next 24, 48 hours, more information will come out. Um, hey, I put up a Twitter poll not long after the Orange Blossom Classic, and I asked Rattler Nation, who would you want to see FAMU play in the 2023 Orange Blossom Classic? And I put non-conference opponents only because I think – we're, we've talked about this offline. I I, I, I'm, I don't want to see us play another conference opponent this early in the year, um, especially not Jackson State. So the choices that I put out there was Tuskegee, South Carolina State, North Carolina A&T, and Tennessee State. Uh, who would you guys vote for? And I'll tell you what the results were. Well, you know, I, I voted for Tennessee it, uh... I voted for Tennessee State um, Me too. because they're a traditional rival. They've got a good band, and they have more of a tendency to travel. 
Um, they didn't travel to Tampa, but there were a number of different circumstances that surrounded all of that. And um, I think it'll be a better draw. Um, that's me. But I yeah, do think perfect. that the only drawback with that would be, you know, for me, I, I know where the best place for the Tennessee State game uh, would be, and that, of course, is Atlanta. Um, you know, if, if Tennessee State can't do it, I'm, I'm down with um, – with a and I think that they would love to get out of North Carolina and come down to Miami and uh, I, I feel like, be cool. I, I feel like playing, I feel like playing Tennessee state in Atlanta is the unicorn that we're not going to see again. And I I'm ready to move on past that. Uh, that's just me. But uh, A&T actually ended up winning this poll slightly uh, with a 39.6% of the votes. Tennessee State came in second, 37.5. So clearly those were the the two, you know, one and two very tight race um, matchups. Now, we don't have a contract going forward with the OBC. I, I just saw someone say that. Kelvin, are you aware? Kofi, you're aware of what's the contract status of the OBC going forward? I don't know about that because they know that they can't have an OBC without FAMU. So that's one. Then the other one is, they're doing OB. They were doing OBC pre-sale tickets in 2023. At least that was one of the announcements that was over the the intercom. So, family's going to be in the game. I just don't know who we're going to play, um, and that of course would get solidified with whoever our AD is. So, that's a big deal. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anything you want to add there, Kelvin? I heard some some rumbling, some rumors. It appears right now that the intent is, to, of course, for family to be a part of it again. Uh, as COVID suggested, we're not sure. I heard some rumblings about who it potentially could be, uh, but uh, I'm not ready to repeat that because uh, none of it is signed on paper, and I've seen things go a lot of different ways. Uh, we do have a open spot. We being FAMU on our schedule, I believe, for one out of conference game. Uh, so, um, it we will see to be to be determined. So let me ask this: Maybe uh, can you say it is a conference or non-conference opponent? It doesn't matter. I think we're playing it. Well, it does matter. It does matter. I think it matters. It's, it's, it's potentially a conference opponent. It's potentially a conference op- uh, opponent. Okay, that's yeah. all. I mean, just... uh, and I the reason why matters. I said it doesn't. The reason why I say it doesn't matter is, for me, you, you, I believe in a formula when it comes to selecting somebody to play in a game or a classic football game. Um, you have to you have to have teams that have a history of traveling. Um, I think that that's a good deal. Um, among HBCUs, there are about four or five that you can count on. Um, that's, that's, that's Southern University, Jackson State, FAMU, Tennessee State, um, Tuskegee will travel, and I will say Alabama State. Um, and Alabama A&M to certain spots. Everybody else is kind of like up to grabs. And I know Gramley has a really good um, good name and good brand, big brand, but they just don't travel 
uh, like the schools that I named. Then you got to have community engagement, you know, and that's really the thing that sends a classic game over the top. And, uh, you know, so when you get all of those little things together, that's what gives you success as a classic. Okay, the uh, little quick roundup around the SWAC. Um, obviously, from the past week, uh, two of the bigger outcomes. Obviously, we were one of two SWAC matchups, but you had Prairie View winning 40-23 to over Texas Southern. Then you had the Alcorn loss, 31-27 to to Stephen F. Austin. Um, any takeaways from, you know, I don't want to go through the whole list of week one games but any any thoughts uh on any of those games uh that you know, we don't play Prairie View or Alcorn State so I you know in mentioning those it is what it is but I think both of those teams are uh teams that many people think have a shot at winning the SWAC West uh so any any thoughts from SWAC week one Kelvin I have two the first one is I told you if Andrew Body couldn't um, pull it out for TSU, I wouldn't pick him no more. So I'm not picking him again. <laughs> uh, they just don't. They just don't have enough there. So uh, um, that was one takeaway. Uh, the other one was, was I was disappointed that uh, some games weren't more competitive. I was glad to see that uh, Alcorn was leading their game most of the game. You know, the weather was, was really weird and so forth. So, but it gave a, val- a valiant effort. Um, so, but outside of them, uh, I thought that the conference was very disappointing out of conference. Grambling, uh, I, we have to play better against out of conference competition, particularly those FCS games. We can't just play kind of close or what have you. We got to win those games. And we didn't get any out of conference wins. So, that's my big takeaway from uh, week one. In the swag. Kofi, Kofi, how about you? It's the same thing. I'm keeping this moving. I don't want to talk about last week at all. I'm traumatized. I'm moving on. All right, so let's look ahead to week two then. Uh, <laughs> as, bad, as bad as week one was, Kelvin, in terms of those big games, uh, this week is really that pay, it is, a, is a check week for pretty much most of the swag, with the exception of Bethune, us, and... Uh, let me see, but in Jackson State, everybody else is playing an opponent where the most likelihood of the point spread is going to be 10 points or more, and in most cases, we're talking 30 to 40 points. Uh, you've got Valley traveling, Austin P. You've got the, the two feature games with Albany State traveling to UCLA, Southern traveling, or well, traveling, going cross town to Jackson or uh, LSU. LSU. Those are 40. Yeah. Those are 41 point spreads. Uh, Alabama A&M traveling South to take on Troy. That's about a 29 and a half. Alcorn traveling to Tulane. That's 30 and a half. Uh, Texas Southern traveling up to North Texas, 27 and a half. Your closest games really Grambling is a uh, at least predicted to be a seven and a half point underdog at Northwestern State. Preview anywhere from a nine and a half to ten point dog at 
Abilene Christian. Um, what's a game? It, it, put it like this, and I and I, we'll get to the pick segment in a second. But any thoughts that come to mind? Any game that you're interested in seeing outside of maybe the Southern Heritage Classic, and of course our game. Any any game that piques your your interest there, Kofi? Since you didn't want to talk about Week One. Uh, Cookman and South Carolina State. That's going to be a good game. Uh, I I know it appears as though the the Hurricanes uh, trounced Bethune and they did, but I saw enough good plays from Bethune and their their skill set and athleticism that uh, should put people on notice that they're going to be very formidable going forward. So sleep on BCU at your your leisure. My issue is obviously going to be, uh, the issue is going to be Buddy Pugh. um, Can Terry Sims finally get his team to play at a level that can finally beat South Carolina State? And uh, of late, that had to happen. So they I was going to say, what's the history on that? I mean, the history on that, I think what South Carolina State's won that the last few times, right? Yeah. I mean, but if you're yeah, but, but, notably but better usually, coach then. Yeah, but usually up until the last couple of years, it, it goes back and forth. And, um, you know, it, that series has typically been very a uh, competitive series. And, um, you know, so. Cookman's better this year. It was interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they didn't have a real off-season, preseason last year. Uh I mean, there were so many things they dealt with going into the season, uh, which is why they got off to that bad start. They're not the same team this year. They're going. They're they're, they're going to get somebody. I just hope it ain't us. <laughs> Amen. Amen to that, Kelvin. Uh, any thoughts and takeaways? Uh, the week two swag schedule. Uh, same thing. Um, uh, first of all, um, I think it's important that the swag, uh, the ones the game, the games that that we can win, be competitive, that we pull out some out of conference win. We need uh, we need Bethune to beat South Carolina State. We need Pine Bluff to win again against North American University. We need Grambling to beat Northwestern. Uh, we need FAMU to beat uh, convincingly uh, uh, Alabama Albany State. State. I mean, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Albany State. We need uh, Alabama and M to beat or be competitive with Austin P. That's a, that's an FCS PWC out of conference game. So, uh, I mean, yeah, so, uh, and Abilene Christian, that's what I meant, peer review over Ab- So those kind of games, we we got to win some of them, period. So I'm interested to see what happens with that. I want to see uh, Southern at home against Texas Southern, uh, what that spread going to look like. Um, Next and, week? Um, but, you know, FAMU is in a position now where we were last year. We, we got to win out. We got to win convincingly. Uh, and we need our conference to help us frankly, to win these out-of-conference games. We need JSU to look like JSU against Tennessee State. Um, yeah. So so if we're going to have any hopes of postseason, so I'm rooting for the swag. <laughs> yeah, at this, at this point, given that the way how bad that loss was, you need the whole conference to come through now. Now, now we can't just rely on a one-point loss no, nah, we we need the whole conference to show that. It can is we a can tough we hold conference. off because we ain't talking about no playoffs right now, are we? No, we just we talking about postseason. Yes, absolutely, 
Absolutely. That's all we this got. To, that's all we. That, that's, that, is, that was it, the expectation when this season when this season started. That was the expectation. Don't get brand new now. You got all these returns, brand well, new. All LCS and all that. Here's here's so, my thought so, process. So, 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 so I don't want to hear no excuses. The expectations have not changed. Well, yeah, you know, for me, yeah. The reason why I say that is they're gonna have to convince me that they're gonna be playoff worthy. I think that the talent is there. But I, I got to see some different ball coming out, out of the off the highs of seven hills for me to start doing that. I'll, I'll let you know. I will know the next I couple mean, of things. Yeah, the work it starts now. this week. This week. It starts this week. Yeah, it yeah. definitely starts this week. I mean, the expectation is that FAMU Playoffs. is only a three and a half point. The, the, the expectation is that FAMU is only about a three and a half point favorite over Albany State. We're talking an FCS Division One against a Division Two opponent. A uh, field goal? That's the expectation. Now, like I said, all things considered of who they are and Who's what they've done. And what is that, we, well, that's that's rating. That's rating. That? That's the metrics. That's yeah, that's, yeah. Well, that's yeah. Uh, okay, well, hey, you know, you those guys are more right than they are wrong. That's all I'm gonna say. So, you know, we gotta go prove them wrong and and live up to expectations. Um, all right, we'll come up with picks here in a second. Um, I wanted to transition before. Well, l- let me make mention real quick. There's one piece of recruiting news before I transition over to volleyball while we still have a few minutes. Uh, recruiting, this came out today. Uh, 2023 three-star defensive back Justin Bostic from out of, um, I believe, Palm Beach, Palm Beach Central. Yeah. yeah, Palm Beach Central High School committed to FAMU. Uh, his older brother, John, plays for the Washington Commanders as a linebacker. Uh, Justin was, in 2021, he was named the Sun Sentinel preseason, uh, named to the Sun Sentinel preseason Super Eleven. Uh, also selected number 25 overall in the ESPN, uh, uh, ESPN, uh, again, I think it's their local station down that way, top 63, uh, had 61 tackles, 41 solo, five interceptions. He returned three of his five INTs for touchdowns. Um, and I believe Palm Beach Central went to the 8A regional finals. Is this, this is for what? 2023 is this 2022? This is actually 2023. Uh, he's a senior. This is the second three-star commit that we've got. These are the first two hard commits of the class. Uh, Bostic as a DB. And then earlier, the first was a wide receiver or, or maybe athlete, how he's categorized, Levante Bo Somerset. He was the first commit of 2023. So, so far off the bat, two three-star commits, and I think it's now it's just a matter of obviously uh, both of those guys I believe will be at Bragg this weekend, and so yeah. it'll be a good time. It'll be a good time to to see what uh, what the rest of those guys do. But it's a good start to the class, and I know we got a lot of work to do, but it's a good start. It's a good start. Uh, anything you want to add on the recruiting front there before we shift over for a quick second? Let's shift. 
All right, shifting over to volleyball. We and we got to mention it because I know we're it's been a heavy football talk, but uh, you know we've been behind our our Lady Rattler volleyball program all season, and right now they're in a tough stretch, uh, going zero and four over the past week, losing uh, last Wednesday to Florida State. Then they lost uh, three games at home this past weekend. They lost to Yale three sets to one. And then back-to-back five-set losses where they lost to Austin P State uh, and then James Madison by 3-2. And so, you know, one of the things that I, I did a little deep diving, guys, to kind of figure out, okay, why is why are we struggling right now, right? And and the only thing I can come up with outside of the, the roster is a bit new and maybe they're trying to find the, the right mix, but it's errors, the errors are killing us right now. Uh, went inside the numbers, and I looked at our average per game <coughs> in a few areas. <coughs> and uh, so let's start with our kill percentage. Our kill percentage from last year, we averaged a kill percentage uh, 0.254 with about 13.6%. So far this season, our percentage is at 0.125 with only 10 kills per set. Now, I mentioned errors, uh, attacking errors. Last year, 17.5 attacking errors per game. This year, we're at 23.4. Serve errors. <coughs> Serve errors last year, 5.25 per game. This year, 6.7. And then the reception errors last year, 1.3 per per set. This year, 2.4. Still so early. I ask you guys, schedule or, or schedule or errors? Both. And Some you know, old. better yeah. Both both when you play against good people, they they have a tendency to challenge parts of your game, including your mental game, um, that make it more difficult to execute and you feel like you have to do more, so you 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 make dumb errors. So that's the part of what comes along with playing good opponents. Um, but then I'll also say um, it's very early in the season. Uh, so when you have the transfers um, that are coming in the way that we have um, – and the I want to say the clearance issues that they've had to deal with, it'll affect you. But the goal is not to be at championship level now. The goal is to be at championship level uh, by the end of this season. So I'm still looking forward. I believe in this team. I'm excited about this team. Uh, this this early season schedule is to get us ready and prepare us for conference play. So uh, we understand that concept, and I believe it's going to continue to work. And just gonna, um, just I believe in Coach Gokhan and uh, what he has going, and they just need to hang in there and push through. Ditto. Is Brian on mute? Brian, are you on mute? Can you hear last me? Last year's me? overall record, last year's overall record, 25-7. and 7. We're already 0-7 right now. So it's just a little bit of getting used to being on uh, a bit of a losing streak like this. That, that's all. Uh, let's give some praise to uh, recent SWAC honors, which just came out this afternoon. Nina Sharpton and Brooke Hudson, both newcomers 
Uh, Nina is the newcomer and setter of the week. Uh, Nina recorded a season-high 49 assists against James Madison in this past weekend's tournament. During a three-match span, she also contributed 128 assists, 27 digs, 10 kills, and three service aces. And then Brooke Hudson, Defensive Player of the Week, she led the Rattlers with 78 digs in the tournament. She also recorded 24 assists and five service aces in a span of three matches against Florida State, Yale, and Madison. So, um, you know, shout out to uh, Nina Sharpton and uh, Brooke Hudson there uh, for for doing work. Uh, Lady Rattlers traveling out to Elon and Greensboro, North Carolina this weekend for a series of matches on Friday and Saturday. Uh, on Friday afternoon, they take on a 5-2 and two UNC Greensboro at 2 o'clock Eastern. Friday night, they take on a 1-6 Elon um, at 7 p.m. Eastern. And then on Saturday afternoon, they take on North Carolina A&T. They are 3-5. and five. Um, You know, by, by ratings percentage, according to Massey, neither of the, I mean, Elon is probably the highest of the three rated teams. But uh, look, you know, we're, we're 0-7. So this, this would be a good weekend for us to get a sweep. This would, I think this is the weekend that we put put it all together and get three wins. At least that's what, that's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm hoping for. Yep. Um, yep. All righty. So, uh, let's see. Just looking at a little list here, some stuff that Marcus sent us with the uh, the list of duopoly stations in terms of the HBCU Go market. Um, still looking for that full list of cities. Let's go to the uh, let's go to the pick segments, guys. As we get ready to wrap up the show, and let's kind of go through some picks for this upcoming week, too. Let's start first game out the box. I'm going to start, if you look at my sheet there, I'm going to start the reverse order here. Uh, North Carolina AMT travels to North Dakota State. Uh, North Dakota programs. State by, by 35. Next. Wow. 35. Kelvin, what about you? Yeah, North Dakota State in a blowout. No chance of keeping it close by the Aggies. None? Not this year. No. No. Not this year. Um, How about Savannah State at Edward Waters? Two teams, Edward Waters uh, hosting at home. Savannah State by 21. Whoa. You've been watching some – you saw Savannah State last week? Savannah State by 21. Interesting. Kelvin. Uh, Edward Waters can't catch a break, man. They they should be two and zero versus zero and two. They they done lost late twice. Been very competitive in their games. Uh, you know, for me, this may be a tossum game, but I think it's in a cycle right now. So I'm gonna go with Savannah State in a close one. Wow, two Savannah State. I'll take Edward Waters. I'll get. I'll <laughs> let you guys hang out with Savannah State. Um. Tuskegee at Hampton. I believe my my guy Drew calls this the uh, the Booker T. Washington Classic, uh, or something to that effect. You've got Tuskegee at Hampton. Uh, what do you got Hampton on this, by, Kofi? 
Hampton by 24. I don't know about all that. I'm, I'm going to go with Hampton, but I think it's going to be competitive. One second, guys. Keep going. Yeah, I'm – I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Hampton by uh, by 14. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I don't. That's kind of high. Um, all right. So here we go. Getting closer to uh, the the last few question. Who covers the spread between Southern 41 and a half? I'm, I'm just gonna set it at 41 and a half. Or Alabama State. Southern, of course, traveling to play LSU. Alabama State traveling out west to UCLA. Uh, I don't know. Who do you got? I don't who covers? Know. Which one of the two covers? <laughs> I don't know. I ain't even. I ain't even. I don't. Even, that ain't my school. I prefer not to comment. It, at this point, it really doesn't matter. Uh, Southern's gonna play very hard. Um, Bama State's gonna play hard. I would say Bama State has the. Well, both of them got new coaches. Um, Southern has a better coach. Uh, I ain't, it, it ain't even worth it uh, at this point. I, I would on, say Southern good with the big town. Yeah, it, it's, it's going to yeah, be bad. Southern has the best chance, but Brian Kelly coming off a loss, uh, you yeah. know, the players getting threats yeah. and stuff, they're going to they yeah. gonna try to lay one on them. Yeah, they're going to try to put 50 on Southern. I don't know how good it's going to be. They're going to try to put 50 on Southern. I think Bama – I don't know. I would heard some injuries that – I heard some <laughs> thoughts that D, D. Davis might be dealing with some injury problems for Alabama State. I don't know how true that is. But if he's healthy, maybe I would shade towards Alabama State. Yeah. No? no? no. Neither one? You're no. Yeah. Uh, I'm reaching. All right, all right. Well, I, I, that's why I said the question is who covers. So I, I'm I'm gonna stand on the side the with one. Alabama State. Next, neither. That's one. not an option. Not an option. <laughs> Jackson State versus Tennessee State. Southern Heritage Classic. Who do you got, Kofi? All right. So here's what I'm gonna say. I believe Jackson State is the real deal. I believe they're a good team, but I also believe that Tennessee State is a very good team as well. Uh, I believe that Jackson State has an incredible analyst squad. Uh, you've heard about the four analysts and all that other stuff. Um, but I do believe that Tennessee State is going to put up a much bigger fight. And if they do, um, you know, I know what we need Jackson State to do from a – it really doesn't help us all that much because we lost by so many freaking points. Um, but uh, – I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Tennessee State. Now, of course, my head. Now, if I was betting my life, I would go Jackson State. Okay, just for the record. But I'm gonna go Tennessee State because we didn't even, we didn't even show up to really play, play. And I think that Tennessee State, with this being the last classic, so to speak, or the last time they may be playing for a minute, they're gonna show up, show up. So. Knowing Eddie George is not going to not commit to the run. I believe he's going to commit to the run. He understands the importance of the run. Um, Tennessee State's going to do a much better job in that regard. They're going to be more consistent. They just played in a big game. I believe it's going to be good for them. So uh, I'm going to go All Tennessee right. State okay. number three in a major upset. Covering the spread. Kelvin, who you got? Uh, 
If they do cover, I mean, if they do win, to me, it's not a major upset. Tennessee State is a blue blood uh, program. Um, they also have a former NFL star and Heisman Trophy winner as a head coach. And and they went against a traditional uh, FCS power that constantly, routinely is not only in the playoffs, but has won national championships uh, fairly recently in, in, in um, Eastern Washington. So, and they led a lot of that game, and like they were, they were in it to the end. So, they have the recipe, the formula. They have the, the ability to beat Jackson State. Um, um, until I see it happen, I'm gonna go with Jackson State. But I, I'm picking three or seven point game at this point right now. Yeah, uh, I think it will be hard for Jackson State to replicate what they just did. Uh, but what worries me about Tennessee State is you just gave up five touchdowns to a quarterback in Eastern Washington, and now you take on Shadour Sanders and that offense. That I think they're going to play him a whole lot touchdowns. differently than what we did. We sucked last week. Oh, we I, I expect that. No, I expect we that. We played I, 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 so I, far I, off the ball. It was ridiculous. I totally, it wasn't even... I totally expect a heightened sense of awareness from Tennessee State, uh, but I, I'm gonna take Jack. I'm gonna take Jackson State in some game, some kind of a 31-28 ball game, uh, where I where I where I take the I'll take Jackson State there. South Carolina State at Bethune Cookman. I I know we talked about it, but I I don't think you guys picked a winner. Who you got in this contest, Kofi? Uh, I'm gonna go um, South Carolina State by seven. Kelvin. If I'm betting my life, I'm still going to go with Buddy Pugh. I think they just have too much returning. Um, it's the same team. They know what to do. They know how to play Cookman. But Cookman Cookman could very well, obviously, win this game. Um, I like what I saw from their QBs. I'm just going to be interested to see when you play South Carolina State, you have to compete for four quarters. Um, you got to be disciplined. You can't do stupid stuff. You got to play good on special teams. And I'm just not convinced yet that that's Cookman's identity. I know they're going to play hard, but, you know, traditionally a Terry Sims team does something very dumb um, at some point. And that's not the nature normally, even though Buddy Pugh and them did something dumb in that UCF game. That's not normal for them. Um, and I think that uh, I just, I, I, if I bet my life, I'm going to go SCSU, South Carolina State, by seven. Always love. Always love betting your life over the mortgage. Go ahead, Kelvin. What do you got? I'm going with South Carolina State, too, and for the same reasons Kofi mentioned. I trust uh, Buddy Pugh as, as a coach. Uh, I think talent-wise, uh, they're probably even, and BCU will probably get an explosive play here and there. But over four quarters, I think there'll be some block punt, uh, some mistake, miscue that'll cost them the game. So, uh Cyclone State by seven. Hmm. I'm, I'm going. I'm gonna go Bethune. I, I really liked what I saw in the first drive or two against Miami. I saw some real speed. Uh, I liked what I saw from Jalen. I, I think the better offense sits on Bethune's side of the field, and so with that, I'll give them something like a 34-31 ball game to Bethune. They are at home, so. I'll give it to the home team in in a close one. All right, here we are. Final game, FAMU, Albany State. Game is a 6 p.m. kickoff. We hope it goes 
off, uh, as you heard from Vaughn Wilson earlier, potentially weather uh, issues may pop up. We hope not, but uh, it's in the forecast, maybe. The uh, the game will be on HBCU Go. Uh, the linear networks, uh, you'll have to kind of look out for in your major networks or major markets. Um, I don't know if it'll be streaming online. You'll have to check. You have to check HBCU Go on uh, Facebook, Twitter, or on their website. So what I want, we're going to go around, give our score, and most importantly, a bold prediction. So not not the score. No, don't make the score the bold prediction. Uh, maybe you could, but I want something else. So give me a score, and then give me a bold prediction, something bold that's going to happen. Let's start with you, Kofi. For what game? FAMU Albany State. Uh, FAMU's going to win by more than three. <laughs> um, and I'm going to say uh, three touchdowns by Moose. Okay. All right. All right. That's, that's, that's bold. And that's a, bold. Uh, a run, I want to say a run of over 40 yards. Okay, that, that might, be, bold. That might be the bold. That might be the bold play right there. That might be the bold play. Um, all right, Kelvin, what do you got? Score and bold prediction. Uh, I got FAMU by double digits. Uh, we'll probably pull away late. And it's going to mimic my prediction for Fort Valley last year uh, after the Classic. I'm anticipating a quarterback change. I'm thinking because of weather and some other things, we may struggle in our first half, uh, and a costly turnover by Musa uh, might require that senior leadership, that stable rock that we have in McKay. And um, I anticipate that uh, because of the weather and some other things, uh, we will lean on a run more, hopefully. Uh, but but uh, but but fam, you by double digits. And per- perhaps a quarterback change. Wow! Mm. All right, uh, my score prediction: I'm gonna go FAMU. I'm gonna go FAMU twenty-eight twenty twenty-eight twenty. I'm gonna go FAMU twenty-eight Albany State twenty. My bold prediction: we will have two running backs over seventy yards rushing. And one of them will have two rushing touchdowns. So I'm looking at two backs going over 70 yards. And one of them will have two rushing touchdowns. That's my bold prediction for the game on Saturday. All right. Um, any final any final thoughts uh, or words quickly, Kelvin or Kofi, before we close out? Rattlers, y'all better win this week, buddy. Losing to Albany State is a very bad omen. It's a very bad omen. What that ushered in was the Billy Joe era. Okay. <laughs> it, it went for um, Yeah, it, it did. You know, we started the season very well in 93. And then Keith Brown got hurt in the Jackson State game. And then we played Albany State. We lost to Albany State, and we proceeded to lose uh, pretty much just about for the rest of the year. Um, 
And as a result, um, people took an evaluation of the program and felt like this was Coach Riley's ceiling and we needed a shift. And so they opened up the coaching search. They did not renew his contract. Uh, I want to say they reassigned him to another part of the university. He became our AD. And then we ended up with Billy Joe as our head coach. So no excuses. We got to have this game. The end. Kelvin? Got to pay attention to what's going on with this uh, AD search, man. Uh, a, a supposedly mystery candidate was added on. Uh, You're trying to make me cuss. Whole, I, I don't want to cuss. The whole, the whole process has not been consistent. And um, it's such an important um, hire at an important time. So, uh, you know, we said we was going to get a – at one point we were supposed to have an announcement about an AD at the uh, Classic. Of course, that didn't happen. And, um, you know, uh, the committee has done his work – had done his work as far as I knew until uh, this this – potential new candidate was a part became a part of the process but we got to watch that uh so rally nation you know do your letter writing do your calling those who are gonna be in town let's let's hold some feet to the fire find out what's going on listen let me say this as he peak i'm gonna piggyback off of this statement one of the things that happened in the bot meeting last week is that the board of trustees um spoke up about the fact that they heard Uh, or they received a lot of email chatter. So understand that your emails are working. I would say at this point, we need to point, not only write the BOT, but we need to copy the BOG. It is so important that we get this higher right. We have to get this higher right. And, you know, for whatever reason, you know, um, you know, for me, it's like cut and dry. It only makes sense. It's important that this process um, is fair, that it's right, um, and that we're able to select the right candidate or we use common sense to select the right candidate. I've heard this thing where we say, right for fam you, right for fam you. Is he right? But look, we need somebody to know what they're doing and all that stuff, you know, people being uncomfortable to work with people that that know what they're doing or people that are direct, we need to cut that foolishness out. You know, cut the foolishness out. If we're going to be all about equity and all about doing the right thing, there's sometimes where you, you have to be able to deal with somebody else's personality and find a way to work through conflict and not take correction personally, especially when it comes to creating a better fam you, which is what this is all about. You know, um, Having uh, an AD at A&T or the right AD at A&T worked for them. The whole program was uplifted. They didn't get caught up in racial issues and foolishness. They have the right AD. Make no mistake. Okay. We have to get this higher right. We can no longer afford to hire an AD for two years and then we blow up the ship. We can't do that anymore. That has to stop. We need somebody that's going to be there, that's going to provide a measure of stability, not only stability, but also growth. And in order to do that, you need know-how. You need to know what you're doing. Not learning on the job. We need experience. 
please, please, please write your eight, write your uh, BOT, write the BOG, say what you have to say, and keep it moving. This process should be over. The end. Well said. Um, just want to remind everybody, make sure to stay tuned. Make sure you are subscribed and turn on the bell or turn on the uh, notifications because we very, just like we did this past Sunday, uh, we appreciate uh, the, the, the several thousand of you who tuned in to watch our post game. Uh, it was only 30 minutes, but apparently, you know, it was good. I mean, y'all, y'all appreciated it. So uh, be looking for us to possibly do another one. Uh, of course, it depends. Now, if this game gets a super long delay because of weather or something ridiculous, and eh, you know, who knows? But but be looking for us to do a post-game commentary sometime maybe about 30 minutes after the game. Give the media time with you know, time to get post quotes from uh from uh from the coaches and all that stuff. But uh be looking out for that. But you gotta have your notifications turned on and make sure you're following us on Facebook, more importantly in Twitter at ONG Strike Zone. Download the Jericho Broadcast Networks app on the Google and Apple Play Store. My JBM, my BCSN is where it is. And download the BCSN Pod Zone on all of your podcast platforms so that you can stay aware of what's going on with the show. So we will travel to Albany State. We will get ready for the first home game of the season. We look forward to seeing you there, Rattler Nation. If you see us, say what's up. Shout out to everybody that we saw and we spoke to down in Miami. Mr. Bowler, T-Matters. Exactly, exactly. Mr. Bowler, uh, you know, appreciate all the love from everybody we saw out there. Uh, Appreciate you guys recognizing us uh, and and appreciate you guys for being a part of everything we're doing here and and jumping in on the chats and all the other stuff. Uh, follow us uh, in all of the places and and, and, uh, and supporting. There's many ways that you can support what we're doing, uh, so we appreciate it all. Uh, thank you to uh, Dr. Uh, Darley Moore for uh, and and her guests, her team, the Albany State team there uh, that that came on to talk with us. A great history and tradition, and uh, they're gonna bring a great crowd. So we're looking forward to some great. Uh, banter back and forth with those folks. And then shout out to uh, Vaughn Wilson. Thank him. Thank him for coming on and and talking with us. Make sure to follow him and follow all his work on HBCU Game Day. Please make sure you guys go out and let those people know you appreciate them coming on the show because it just helps encourage them and others to want to come and and watch. So uh, thank you to our producer, producer Mel for everything she did tonight. That is going to do it for tonight's ONG strike zone for Kelvin Kofi. I'm Brian Rattler nation. We will survive. We, we will rebound. And more importantly, we will strike, strike and strike again. Good night, everybody.